Broadcasting live from the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. Armstrong and Getty. And now, here's Armstrong and Getty. Studio C. Si, senor. You can smell the weekend from here. Dimly lit room deep up in the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty Communications Compound. And hey, we're under the tutelage of our general manager today. The first woman president of the United States, Kamala Harris. Guaranteed two years, one day. Jack vowed to buy his, to, to de- eat his truck. Here's my vow. If I'm wrong, I will sue myself for my entire net worth. To ensure I lose, I will defend myself. And when I lose, I will distribute my entire net worth to the listening audience. If my lawsuit against me is successful. <laughs> okay, that was that was there complicated. Let's get there back to go. the original claim. Uh, Do you have a flow chart for that? <laughs> exactly. I'm going to need a PowerPoint presentation. The uh, courtroom drama is going to be really hard to follow. Probably a PowerPoint and a handout of some sort that I can keep referring back to. Um, uh, So what makes you say that? Well, there have been hints all along. Uh, Number one hint, the president's freaking 130 and and barely functional. (laughs) Uh, Second thing, they've made references throughout, uh, you know, the the brief history of this thing to the Biden-Harris administration. Well, an official edict went out from the White House yesterday to federal departments to refer officially to the Biden-Harris administration. This is unprecedented. It sounds stupid, but every other, the Obama administration was the Obama administration. Likewise, Clinton and Bush and everybody else. But this is the Biden-Harris administration now officially. It's transitional. It clearly is. Kamala being sent to handle the border crisis. It's kind of interesting. We'll have to discuss that more later. The current president is having his first press conference, uh, waiting longer than any modern president has by quite a bit. Uh, First press conference later today. It'll be after we're off the air, so we'll have to talk about that tomorrow. But um, I would imagine they're going to jam him full of whatever juice they gave him before the debates because mm-hmm. uh you know i kept waiting for the big old man stumble in the debates and it never happened so they gave nope. him a big fat shot in the ass and yeah, he's getting his triple dose of adderall right now uh it'll be interesting to see how many questions he gets on for instance the border which i don't think they have a lot of good answers for as opposed to stuff on guns where he'd be in pretty comfortable company with uh, most of the media and all that sort of stuff. So He'll get them both, I'm sure. It'll cover some ground. Hey, you never know. I don't know. I don't know what, I don't know what the attitude of the, the media is toward the guy right now. So, um, But, man, they need some answers on the border. It is a mess. They, surely they realize we got to th- come up with something or this is just spiraling out of control very quickly. Yeah, well, Kamala's spinning to uh, uh, you know spinning the best spin she can spin right now, desperately because it's increasingly a humanitarian nightmare. And I, my favorite line, and we'll get into this a little more uh, thoroughly later, but my favorite line is, "We can't fix this stuff overnight." Well, you know, it's funny you broke it overnight. You practically broke it overnight by making all those grand pronouncements about we're chucking all of these Trump policies that were working, by the way. Man, I saw um, uh, 
A young kid interviewed on ABC News, doing a good job on this story. A young kid interviewed by ABC News had been traveling for two months. Wow. Because the word is out south of the border that this new president, man, that's now's the time to come. So there, there's a lot of people that have been traveling for a long time. So anything you've said in the last 48 hours or week is not really going to make much difference to those people who are walking along dirt roads for months. You don't think those guys, those kids will pick up a copy of the Washington Post, read it, and say, oh, dang it, never mind, turn around, go back to Guatemala? Yeah. Huh. It's quite a deal. And then, you know, the the media access question, which is just, I can't even believe it's happening. I can't believe there's not more outrage about it, um, that they're not letting people in there to see what's going on and getting away with it. It's just mm-hmm. astounding. Anyway, more on that later also. <sighs> That'll be exciting stuff. Well, that tour they gave yesterday, that Potemkin Village tour, where they picked one facility, spruced it up for a couple of weeks, then paraded a handful of reporters. What what could be more nakedly dishonest than that? I know that was very Communist Party like to uh, to to pick, you know, one example that is an outlier and uh, and get it all ready to go, and then let the media in to look at it. Sure. That's just, that's just incredible. The cops are banging on your door. You say, give me three hours. And then three hours later, you show them your coat closet. And that's it. They say, well, okay, and there's nothing here. Bye. Come on. How stupid are we in this scenario? One of the reasons you age fast as a president, uh, North Korea firing missiles yesterday. I'm sure they had a you know hour-long meeting about that. You know, how big a deal is that? How do you handle that? Et cetera, et cetera. Anyway, plenty to talk about today, as always. NCAA tournament running today. Do we know that, Sean? Do we have games? Uh, let me double-check that. I if do we do, know. obviously we'll have mascot matchups either today or tomorrow when the games get going again. It's teamwork that makes the dream work. Every good coach knows that, and that's why we introduce everybody in the squad. There's our technical director, Michelangelo, pressing buttons, flipping toggles, not uh, flipping omelets. How are you this morning, Michael? I've been all right, but the second day in a row I've been uh, playing hurt, guys. I put on my shoe yesterday. Well, okay, this has got Whoa. a bad story. What are you doing something crazy like that for? <laughs> I don't see this is speaking of old guys. <laughs> speaking of old guys, yes. So I put on my shoe. I'm just sitting on the couch and I put on my shoe and I hear this pop. Oh, and what? Yeah, oh my god! And I guess apparently it was my small right toe because I did something to it. I don't know if I broke it or what, but it's now swollen and discolored and it hurts. Like, did you did you catch it on the sock? Like yeah. sometimes the sock gets in between yeah, your last toe and, on, and the like second the last side toe? of the part of the shoe. <laughs> Oh, How forcefully do you put socks on? <laughs> he leaps out of bed in the socks that are being held. In no, I already sock had the socks on. I was putting the foot into the shoe, and oh, then okay. I heard this. Oh, pop, oh my God. We'll get shoes the right size. <laughs> the shoes get are fine. Get yeah. better bones. <laughs> Is your wife binding your feet because she th- finds smaller feet? Uh, no. God. I mean, get, <laughs> get better bones. Get better bones. So did I- <laughs> Am I going to have to go to a doctor and say, I think I broke my toe. How did you do it? Putting on my shoe. I mean, that's I pretty heard a pop. I heard a pop. Yeah. Wow. Well, you, you, I think you broke your toe. And I don't know what you do for a little toe that's broken. I, I mean, do know because uh, my wife's done it. You don't do anything. That's why I figured. You wait till it heals. Amputation. That's what I suggest. So you got to tell your doctor that a little kid was about to run in front of a car and I dove to stop him. And then later that day, I could feel, you know, something wasn't right. There are a lot of bones. Do you think your doctors have like a blog where they just roast their patients all day? Like, <laughs> like what is what is this concern about telling your doctor what happened? <laughs> Doc, 
they're bloggers. Um, there are a lot of bones that if you break, you don't do anything. Ribs. Ribs. Uh, cheekbone. Oh. Um, there's, there's lots of bones that you just kind of just leave them be and let them heal. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, if they're uh, still together, sure. Yeah. Um, there is Positive Sean, whose smile lights up the room and who made $6,000 off an NFT last week. How are you this morning, Sean? Doing well, doing well. And uh, if, if I had a friend who was a judge of any uh, legal sort, I would only talk to them like I was a TV lawyer during a trial. Objection! I would yell as they suggested a restaurant I don't like. Um, probably unrelated, <laughs> I don't have any judge friends. <laughs> Just something you thought of if yeah. you had a friend who was a judge. Yeah. And I briefly had two judge friends. Oh, both really? charming guys. Both hilariously funny, by the way. Did I don't know ever, if that runs in judging or what. Did you ever object? <laughs> you did, know, it didn't occur to me. I wish it had. Did you ever say to one of them, in your judgment, should I order this or this? It never occurred to me. Walk in the rooms are going, here come the judge. Here come the judge. Yeah, that's probably why I did have judge friends, Sean. Uh, I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty on this. It is Thursday, March the 25th of the year 2021. We're Armstrong and Getty, and we approve of this program. Stopping stupid at the border and sending it back. It's the Armstrong and Getty Show beginning officially now, according to FCC rules and regs, at Mark. Come on now. Now that he told, he knew, he knew it floated. He told Bob Woodward, it's Joe, Joanne Woodward. He told, he told Bob Redford, excuse me, I think, you know. That's, oh man. That's a little bit of Dana Carvey doing his hilarious Joe Biden impersonation, and we'll play the whole thing. Later this hour, uh, it makes you realize why he is one of the all-time greats of Saturday Night Live, because they haven't had anybody touch that uh, in terms of accuracy and hilarity. <laughs> you know, as a guy who throws around a voice now and again, maybe uh, cracks wise now and again, I watched that and I thought, I mean, it was it was like seeing a 25-foot tall man. His talent is just, it towers above most of humanity. He's really amazing. The this verbal, idea is a bunch of malarkey. It's the verbal mannerisms. Anyway, when you hear yeah. the whole thing, you'll really understand uh, what's going on there. It's, it's really fantastic. Uh, so we'll get to that. We, we we promise this hour. How does mailbag look? Oh, it's outstanding. You'll love it. I'll love it? <laughs> Ask a stupid question. <laughs> okay, I get you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> text line is 415-295-KFTC. Again, the president has his first press conference of being a president uh, coming up later today. And, if he remembers. Oh, boy. Hmm. Now, I heard somebody say... They yelled out at him yesterday, uh, are you ready for the press conference tomorrow? And he said, what press conference or something? But I don't know if he's making a joke or what. Yeah, I believe that was an effort at humor. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. You can't make that joke when you're constantly Uh, being criticized for being (laughs) like ancient. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. All that stuff on the way. Still is wedged sideways in the Suez Canal, where ten percent of the world's uh, shipping goes through. Um, have you heard anything about how the guy did that? Yeah, actually, I have. There was a massive sandstorm 
And it completely reduced visibility and was pushing the ship, and they just lost the... You would think they got, like, gear, like a GPS or Apple Maps or something, that they could stay on the canal. But, yeah, man, I saw some video, and it is it is jammed. Both the bow and the stern, that's the front and the back, are, are, are jammed onto the land, and it's just... It's screwed. How are the port and the starboard, the sides? Oh, they're, please. They're looking good? Oh, yeah. Yeah, the port's fine, especially is fine, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, it's starting to cause some serious supply chain problems and economic problems and the rest of it. I mean, it's kind of funny in a way, but, uh, you know, <laughs> what was the meme I saw? Oh, it was so funny. I'll tell you what, I'll find it. I'll, I'll hit you with it in a second because I want to get it right. Mailbag. Woo! Here's your freedom loving quote of the day from Shelby Steele. Deference has been codified in American life as political correctness. Deference meaning being nice to people, not wanting to offend. And political correctness functions like a despotic regime. It's an oppressiveness that spreads its edicts further and further into the crevices of everyday life. Ooh, not into my crevice. Uh, Moving along to the correspondence proper. Here's uh, Matt. I want to put this out there, guys. Jack said he might as well get a full neck tattoo if the tattoo only lasts a year or so. Mm-hmm. We're talking about this tattoo parlor in New York. It's got tattoos last about 12 to 15 months, and then they fade away. I believe I speak for many of your listeners in saying that could be an interesting trade-off for Jack failing to eat his truck after betting that. Year-long neck tattoo oh, boy. as a compromise. Oh, boy. I like it. F-N-T-F-N-E-H-T, full neck tattoo for not eating his truck. That's Matt. I just love to show up to the next parent-teacher meeting with a neck tattoo. <laughs> you got to make a turtleneck your signature garb. And uh, in these parts in the summertime, that's going to be who Becomes scarf guy all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, Sean. Beautiful. Uh, let's see. How about this? Uh, first of all, uh, mm, uh, Al Anonymous says, hey, I've been listening to you guys since uh, when you came on before Dr. Laura on our original station. Wow. Might as well. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, uh, my nephew works for a construction company that's doing a giant highway expansion, uh, not far from the radio ranch, as a matter of fact. He tells me they've been working on moving the bums and junkies out from under the freeway they're going to work on since last July and haven't made much progress. Free. Such- Jeez, that's incredible. It's such a hot button that no politician wants to touch it. And uh, and he, they move them out, and then they just come right back again. He was astounded to learn that the home-free people get money from the government and have, and have phones. They call the authorities to complain about the construction noise. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, with wow. taxpayer-paid-for phones, you call to complain about the construction noise keeping me asleep. How am I supposed to uh, drink beer all day long if I can't get any sleep? You got junkies living under bridges on cell phones you paid for complaining to the police. But when you call the police and say, hey, a junkie just threatened me as he was stealing my bike, Uh, they'll say, there's not a lot we can do about it. Nice. Uh, On the topic of the Second Amendment. Uh, I think it's Jen says, I take the term militia to mean what it meant at the time of the drafting of the Constitution. Armed citizens that would uh, voluntarily come together when needed to fight, not a state-run full-time military like we have now. Thus, citizens would obviously have the right to bear arms because they could be called upon to defend the liberty of the people. To me, this is a stronger argument than the one about commas, which frankly sounds like nonsense, and I'm a former English teacher. Hmm. 
Yeah, the wording of the uh, the Second Amendment. If the founding fathers had decided to play an elaborate and really dry prank on posterity, they did it. Yeah, no kidding. Bit of a riddle. Uh, here's a note. Uh, Brian from Kansas City says, Go Chiefs. Yeah, they should have went more in January, in February, rather. Uh, today, you guys were talking about working remotely and the difficulty of joining an established team. I can speak to this firsthand. Joined an e-commerce agency that had gone full remote due to COVID. It's taken six months, and at times I still feel like an outsider. Oh, sure. They had years of inside jokes, happy hours together, that sort of thing. Which and you could catch no up on in, time. like, two happy hours if you actually worked with the people. Yeah. But yeah. through Zoom, maybe never. Now you just got to hit them with some good memes. Embrace the internet age of it all. <laughs> Meme the heck out of them. Yeah, talking to my daughter, it's just same situation. She joined a team remotely, and it's just, it's never really meshed. Uh, P.S., he writes, who is the drunk guy you fired that used to introduce final thoughts? Perhaps you should bring him back and let him ring in final thoughts. I don't remember that. The drunk guy we fired, that kind of does ring a bell. Who introduced final thoughts? That rings a bell. There was an amazing story around that. I'll, 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 I'll dig into my memory banks. Wow, I feel a little like Joe Biden over here. I'm disturbed. But I, I I don't know what the hell he's talking about. Does anybody? Was it Growly? That we Growly. Called it, we called him that? No, he wasn't. Was he drunk? Our, our old, uh, Is that why we fired him? Because he showed up to work drunk all the time? No, God. No, that, it, was a, that was a joke. It was an ongoing yeah, yeah. joke. Yeah, that's what There's I mean. Some, yeah, okay. But there was something to... Hmm. Some listener will remember. Text line 415-295-KFTC. We're all too drunk to remember. <laughs> exactly. What's going on at the border? Wow, a, a question and an answer with the press secretary yesterday and some responses to that. This border situation is rough for the Biden administration. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Our balance is, of course, privacy, as you all know. Uh, it is also that we are in the middle of a pandemic uh, and that, uh, you know, these facilities, of course, can't become uh, forums for media access all day long, every day. But we will continue to look for ways to increase transparency and provide additional access. So I've been to the border under Barack Obama. Media were allowed. I've been to the border under Donald Trump. Media were allowed. Before that, George W. Bush. Media were allowed on the border. Joe Biden is issuing this media blackout because he's terrified of the American people seeing the disaster that is unfolding. That was quite an amazing thing from Jen Psaki, the White House press spokesman, saying uh, we're, we're committed to transparency, but we can't have media there all day, every day, getting in the way. Oh, boy. Wow. That's a pretty weak does anybody buy that sort of excuse making? That was terrible. Is she just put in a terrible position because she's got nothing to work with? I mean, that is rough. Yeah, we're just asking for anything close to the normal amount of access that other administrations have allowed. It's hard to have coherent messaging when you don't have coherent policy. Mm. Well, that's got to be the toughest part of being the uh, press secretary is occasionally you get up there to defend the completely indefensible. And you just have to make words come out of your mouth to make the time go by. So as we mentioned earlier, they did let some press into one facility, and they picked the one that one that people aren't talking about, for one thing. 
not one of the overcrowded ones that everybody's been focusing on. They picked one that is running fine and that they had plenty of time to get all spruced up and ready to go before they let a couple of media in. Where there are other facilities that Jonathan Swan was reporting for Axios yesterday as he is receiving, somebody's leaking to him and he's getting all kinds of internal documents that Axios has. And if you want to get into the nitty gritty on this stuff, you can because they got all the numbers. He tweeted out, for instance, pundit, pundits and chart makers are using data from February to insist nothing unusual is happening at the border. Beat reporters and others are getting data about what's happening in March, which is now. As the government mobilizes FEMA, opens seven emergency shelters, and says it'll be a 20-year high. There's quite a gap between those two things. Um, and Jonathan Swan reported that uh, the law is no kids spend more than 72 hours in these facilities. There are over a 1,000 that have been there for a week. Wow. Or more. Wow. Yeah, or 10 days, I heard, even, yeah. in some cases. Well, a law that includes no sanction is a suggestion. So there's a suggestion that kids be dealt with within 72 hours. The administration apparently is above the law. Well, there's the you know there's the reality of the kid problem, the immigration problem. How do we deal with that? But the political problem is you're the administration that claimed no, no, no. We're the humane ones. We're the we under you know we're the uh, we understand how to get things done. We're the competent, grown up, humane people. Right. And right. It's not looking like that. In contrast to that monster. Trump. In- incompetent, evil monster. Right, exactly. So uh, how did this get started? Well, they just inherited the mess from Trump, according to the Biden-Harris administration, which Jack moments ago referred to as the Biden administration, showing is just hot-running misogyny. And racism. Now af- uh, and racism, that's right, against Asian people, black people, women, Indian Americans... Jamaican Americans. This is all one person, by the way. Um, so Jack hates all of those because you forgot to say Biden Harris administration. Anyway, uh, whose fault is it? Really interesting stuff from uh, Peter Ducey uh, last night on Fox News. Roll clip 50 for us there, Sean. After weeks of denying requests from the press to see where unaccompanied kids are being held, the administration led a small group of press on a tour of an HHS shelter they picked. President Biden thinks places like this are filling up because of natural disasters, drug trafficking, and Trump. So this new surge we're dealing with now started with the last administration, but it's our responsibility to deal with it humanely. And to uh, and to stop what's happening. The president of Mexico disagrees. This is happening because of Trump. He blames Biden. Expectations were created that with the government of President Biden, there would be a better treatment of migrants. And this has caused Central American migrants and also from our country wanting to cross the border, thinking that it is easier to do so. The president doesn't think that's what's happening. It's not like someone sits around somewhere in Guatemala and says, I got a great idea. Let's sell everything we have, give the money to a coyote, have them take our kids or us to the border of America, take us across, leave us in the desert. We don't speak the language. Won't that be fun? Now, that's bizarre because that's precisely what thousands of people are doing. Won't that be fun? Now, nobody said that, but what the hell was that statement? That's exactly what they do. It's not like anybody's doing this. Yeah, yeah, they are by the thousands. That was just strange. Yeah, I wonder how they're going to get ahead of that. And I wonder what the question will be like, questioning, questioning will be like during his very first press conference today. Now, Governor Doug Ducey of Arizona, too many Ducey's in this world. 
or certainly in this story, uh, on Wednesday called <laughs> Vice President Kamala Harris, quote, the worst possible choice to lead efforts to curb migration at the southern border, saying President Joe Biden had completely trivialized the issue by putting someone in charge who flat out just doesn't care. At no point in her career has Harris given any indication that she considers the border a problem or a serious threat. I'm sure Kamala erupted in laughter at that statement. <laughs> um, hmm. Well, we'll see how this turns out. Uh, you know, to be completely fair, I don't see the Republican Party coming forward with their plan for uh, immigration reform that they're trying to get everybody to sign on to. No. Nor, nor no. when they controlled the, uh, the, 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 the White House and both chambers. Uh, neither party has ever been serious in my lifetime about doing anything about this, which is really frustrating. Then you add to that the fact that Congress no longer legislates. Yeah. It's just executive orders. They run everything at this point, so uh, never mind. So uh, obviously we'll be keeping our, mind, our eye on that and talking more about it later. When you brought up Kamala Harris, it reminded me, so are you following this whole thing that uh, Bill Clinton and Kamala Harris are teaming up to speak at this Up With Women's event? <sighs> yes, at Kamala I did Harris's see that. old college, and there's uh, some people that are, there's some s- serious backlash about the fact that Bill Clinton's going to be there from certain quarters. And uh, some of the women that claim that he raped them or touched them inappropriately have been uh, you know, speaking out about he's not the best choice. And then there are others who are making the argument that Kamala Harris, who may have taken on a much older boyfriend who was politically connected to may cl- have. climb her way to the top. <laughs> well, I don't know that that's the reason she did it. It might have been love. The right. fact that she wanted to get into politics and uh, started uh, rubbing up against the most Easy powerful now. politician in California. Dated, I think, is the term you're looking for. Have you they know were Do you know sense of romance rubbed up against? <laughs> yeah, what are you, a dog in a park? They were dating. Willie Brown, the great Willie Brown, who, you know, in his defense and Kamala's to a certain extent, he is... Brilliant and sophisticated and very wealthy from his years of public service. Uh, so I could see him being an attractive so boyfriend. So if you were cynical, if you were cynical, you could say so at the Up With Women meeting, you got a guy whose message is powerful men get to do whatever they want to you and you need to keep your mouth shut. Right. And a woman saying, hey, ladies, the only way to get to the top is to sleep with powerful men. Well, it's certainly one effective way to get to the top. Yes, that is your speaker's panel for that. But that's a cynical take. Again, they could have just been in love. That's an accurate take. Uh At least semi. Uh, Oh, Mark Stein was on fire about this last night. We'll play that for you in a little bit. Yeah, we'll get to that later. But we've got to, you know, what we've got to get to next. Because it's so good. And I promised it. If you haven't heard Dana Carvey doing the Joe Biden. Oh my gosh, is that good? We got to play that for you coming up. All right, cool. Hey, do we have the the Kamala? Are you going to the border and her laughing thing? Because I want I wanted to talk about that in a serious way, semi serious. Is that what do you think, fellers? Should I just launch in? <laughs> no, that's just her general giggle. The are you going to the border clip from yesterday? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. They asked her, "Will you be visiting the border?" And she said, "Not today." <laughs> <laughs> Not today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, give, give me the whole Q&A when you guys get a chance. Do you chance plan to, to visit the border? Uh, um, not today. <laughs> but um, I have before, and I'm sure I will again. 
Yeah, that's great. And Jack, you've defended her because some people, including some good people, some fine people, if they don't know what to say or they're nervous, they laugh like that. Yeah, even in like really weird, it's completely inappropriate. <laughs> doesn't make you a bad person. I happen to believe she is a bad person. She's a very bad person. No, the thing that she, doesn't make her no, a bad the person. No, the things she thinks about a variety of policies is what makes her a bad person. <laughs> oh, yeah, and her utter lack of any principles whatsoever makes her a bad person. But here's the problem, though. As I explained at the outset of the show, I guarantee you she will be the president of the United States wow. during Joe Biden's first term. It's utterly clear. For one thing, they made the official announcement. It's the Biden-Harris administration. Call it that all the time. Um, so she's going to be the president. And there is going to come a moment when somebody's going to ask her, do you have anything to say about the 10 Marines who died? And she's going to say, <laughs> well, it's unfortunate. And that, please, the world will explode with hatred and, and, and contempt and disgust. She got, she's got to get rid of that habit. North Korea just wiped out Tokyo. <laughs> oh, that's a lot of dead people. <laughs> Come on, you can't have that. Oh, boy. It's not funny. On the other hand, Dana Carvey is hilarious. So he used to do presidents, geez, a long time ago when he was on, he was doing President H.W. Bush. Right. That's how long ago not Dana Carvey do it. Was, do it. was on. Thousand points alike. That's how long ago he was on Saturday Night Live, but he did his Biden yesterday on the uh, the Colbert show. It's dang funny. Stay tuned for that. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Joe and I were just discussing. We have a number of light-hearted things we can discuss today, which is nothing wrong with that because uh, we really aren't. The, our thing is not really being the radio show that's all tax cuts and gun law uh, as discussions all the time. Constant anger, sadness, and offense. For instance, we haven't jumped into the controversy around Cinnamon Toast Crunch and Shrimp Tails. And Shrimp Tails? Have you been following that story? A guy Clearly who, I have not. A guy who claimed there were Shrimp Tails in his Cinnamon Toast Crunch, and it's kind of exploded into a national thing. And he's already gotten milkshake ducked. Oh, he has? Yeah. He's got what? I don't know what any of these things mean. <laughs> so... Stay tuned for all that uh, that we have to get to. And uh, the news item of the day, which will happen after we're off the air, is the President of the United States is going to have his first press conference, which maybe this was on purpose. He's built so much anticipation for. If he'd have done it in, like, the first month, I'd have watched it because I'm in the business, but I, like, I wouldn't have been anticipating it really in any way. Um, now, everybody's, uh, what, what, are they, what are they hiding Right, exactly. How will he do? I just read a long piece in the Washington Post about all his gaffes and and his, his history of mental wanderings and the rest of it. Well, the interesting thing about the president, as was explained in the Washington Post a couple of months ago, is that or, or a couple of weeks ago, is that he can't be parodied. He's such a normal, smart, um, easy to understand guy. There's no way to parody this president. That was an actual article in the Washington Post. Which Matt Taibbi of Substack mocked. 
I guess, well, he should. And Dana, I mean, that's just that's that's beyond spin. That's just willfully lying. And Dana Carvey certainly uh, put to sleep that notion when he was on Colbert the other night. This is Dana Carvey of Saturday Night Live. He used to do George H. W. Bush and Ross Perot in the late eighties and early nineties. Wow. His Perot was unbelievably funny. <laughs> yep. Yep. And if you think uh, Dana Carvey's too old to still do it, hey, here he is with his Joe Biden. I do him at the town hall when he's like the gentle father to the country, and he looks like the alien who came off the spaceship in Close Encounters. Yes. Folks, come on, folks. Let's get real. I'm not kidding around here. You know, you know, we got to do the thing. We did Barack. We did the deal, you know. And, uh, you know, my dad, my dad, you know, lost his job in Scranton. No joke. No joke. I'm not being a wise guy here. He said, Pops, why'd you lose? He said, Joe, I did. My mom said, that's the cookie. Would she, the crumble? She says, we'll do it. Anyway, here's the deal. Here's the deal. Number one, the thing that they said, come on. Number two, the two part. The folks, three, you know, come on. I'm not kidding around. No rocket science. There's, here's the deal. Come on now. Now, that he told. He knew. He knew it floated. He told Bob Woodward. It's Joe, Joe, Joe Ann Woodward. He told, he told Bob Redford. Excuse me. I think, you know, but folks, I care. I care a lot. People are suffering, and I do. And my mother said, you know, that's the way the cookie is. It goes, those places. And, you know, we can do this, shots. We can, in fact, in, do better than we did before. So I do the sincere guy. I love the it. The sincere, sweet. That's so beautiful. But there's a lot there if you, you know, if you just don't worry about the fact that he's 78. He gets a little confused sometimes. It doesn't mean you're attacking him personally or... You know, but you have to acknowledge that, you know, he's just, he's just, he's just, a little, we're going to try. We're doing things, you know. And then, and, you know, and come on, here's the deal. Let me, let me just, I'm not kidding around. No joke, folks. You know, my dad lost his job in Scranton. I lost my dog. I'm no, I'm not kidding. I'm not being a wise guy. You know, don't, don't. And, and he always does the list, number one, the one part. Number two, what they said. Number three, you get the drill. Come on. The dog face pony soldier. You know, it's just a lot. That's good. Come on. That's what people said. So that's what I'm gathering from it visually. But yeah, I mean. Uh, number three, you get the drill. That's how the you know the thing. My mom said. That's how the cookie goes. It crumbles. Wow, that's really good. God, I had tears coming out of my eyes. By my unofficial rankings, I think I have Dana Carvey as the third best Saturday Night Live cast member of all really? time. Really? With one and two being? Uh, Eddie Murphy and Phil Hartman. Oh, really? Yeah. So all old timers. Uh, top ten, you got to have Will Ferrell, obviously. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think pretty clearly. Oh, Keenan, uh, what's his name? Yeah, I, I like Keenan. Just longevity and number of different from things the, he did. From the analytics, from a statistical analysis, nobody comes close to Keenan. Like, number well, of sketches, time on the show, you know, he's, he's, he's just had such a run on it. I just happened to, somehow I got to sucked into the YouTube vortex the other day and ended up watching an episode of Black Jeopardy with, uh, <laughs> with Tom Hanks on there as a uh, Trump supporter. And uh, just I was reminded of how great he is. Uh, not Tom Hanks, Keenan. Yeah, no, he's it's hilarious. Just, he could just oh walk God. into a room. You know, he was a Nickelodeon kid, and mm-hmm. every once in a while we come across a, an episode my kids oh. are watching when huh. when he's, you know, whatever he is, 12 years old. Keenan and Kel or Good Burger. Like, yeah, I watched a ton of his stuff. Yeah, when Good I was Burger. We, we just yeah. watched Good Burger recently. Welcome to the Good Burger. Um, uh, <laughs> Home of the Good Burger. Exactly. May I take your order? My, but Sam says that every single day. 
Um, well, he has like the thing I appreciated about it, and obviously this is radio, so it's hard to demonstrate. But he has thirty-five different funny facial expressions. I mean, he'll just quick glance to the side, and it's hilarious. I think Kristen, the subtleties. I think Kristen Wiig is an all-timer. Obviously, you know Adam Sandler. There's there's so many of them. It's amazing though the people that oh, Lorne please, Michaels, Kate McKinnon, the people that Lorne Michaels has picked out of uh, you know. These various comedy troops around the country and made stars of is absolutely incredible. And some of his misses, too. Uh, Jim Carrey tried out. Didn't get it. Chris Rock was a miss. I mean, he was on, but he yeah. never did anything. Yeah. Um, similar to... Uh, Adam it? Sandler fired. You're not funny. <laughs> Norm MacDonald. You're not funny. What? <laughs> and Larry David, who never got a sketch on. Oh, that's right. Wow. Wow. You know, there's an obsession in the world with either rankings or picking the best of something, and I've I've liberated myself from that because I used to stress over it a little bit. No, it's not cowardice, you idiot. It's enlightenment. I have an opinion. No, it's I'm gonna take a hot take. There are certain SNL cast members or albums or bands or or movies or whatever that are that better are... than others, and we need to rank them definitively. <laughs> That are in the highest tier. They're in the gallery of greats, the Hall of Fame. You don't need to then pit them against each other. They've achieved gold medal status. So you'd say the Oscar goes to a whole bunch of different movies? No, I hate awards for art, for one thing. Um, and I hate the Oscars especially and vehemently. But like, all right, what's your, what's your favorite band of all time? I don't have one. I have a group well, that are in the highest one. tier. Have you listened I, to music? I don't want one. <laughs> what purpose would be served by having one? Um, more. Oh, that's I was going to tell you. Beloved uh, childhood board game has been woke, but we don't have time now. Um, fantastic, that's good stuff. There's a hearing today around tech. We need to talk about more dust ups with China that have me concerned, and I hope the Biden administration is serious about where we're going on this whole deal. Um. The tax increases are coming. Oh, boy. Armstrong and Getty.